on your deathbed and I always get gruesome because I'm a doctor but um you're gonna look back and think about the people around you around you that day your partner your kids your family you're not going to think about the projects do you know what I mean I'm not saying that I don't love creativity I love it it's my soulmate but um yeah you've got to take a step back and be objective nothing is worth you sacrificing yourself for in that way Hello everyone and welcome to Chai with Rai. Hi, I'm your poorly sickly host Rai and each week I bring you a guest from the creative industry and we discuss all things life and cultures while spilling and sipping some hot, hot, garam, garam chai. Now, if you haven't done so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you love this podcast and are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, or wherever you are streaming your podcast from, if you could do me a kind favor and make sure to rate the podcast and share it on your stories, on socials, and spread the words on the Snapchats, the TikToks, the Twitters, the Pinterest, the WhatsApp group, the family gang whatever whatsapp group i'm just saying it organically grows the show y'all and it really builds the community connects us with listeners who haven't tuned in before and just helps us build this little freelancers empire why am i selling myself short we need to stop doing that we all need to love each other because overall sharing the love is what this is about okay um well other things as well but yeah it's also about sharing love now on to 2023 Man, oh man, what a start to the year has it been. Okay, let's do the pits first. Let's do the valleys, okay, like we do in the show. Valleys, um, got my phone stolen at London Bridge. Be careful if you're walking around London Bridge. I've been reading and know so many people in my circle whose phones have been stolen. Um, got injured, like hurt my foot because I was trying to get my body game back. And I was like, let me go jogging in the cold. But you know what? Live, live la vida loca and hurt my foot. Got the flu which has been going around and I don't know how many days I've had this for and I've like lost my voice, had hot and cold, body shivers, like vomits, and like so many beautiful, wonderful, joyful things happening to my body. But now the highs, the peaks. I've had some wonderful news come through in regards to my career aspects. Um, I have been working on manifestation and yes, I know it sounds wanky, but you know what? I'm a massive believer that as a freelancer or as a person who feels really, really passionate about what they do, and I wanna work hard and play hard and do what I love to do. And I feel like everybody should be able to do that. And this year I wanna be joyful and spread joy and just be in joyous spirit. So I've been taking some time to also just reflect on myself because even for myself, I feel like my thoughts have been too much and all I wanna do is just be joyful sometimes and not be so depressing or whatever and not just flick through the gram or the TikTok and be like, oh my God, why am I not doing enough? What should I, should my life be hashtag ad? Should my life be, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Am I doing enough? Oh my God, I didn't get enough hits. I don't have enough followers. I don't have enough this. When that shouldn't be the conversation. So many other things should be the conversation. Um, but yeah, that's me. That's Those were my meltdowns this year. And I'm happy about some exciting news about some projects, which I cannot wait to do. And that's that. And I'm going to enjoy that. And I'm going to enjoy my relationships with people. That makes me sound like a whore, but you know what I mean. And my friendships, my other relationships. And <laughs> that's what. And I'm going to... Sp- 
sip some cha. I haven't made any cha as I'm doing this on on draw, but I did make some cha when I was recording this interview, which we're gonna get into. So warm up your cuppas, make a hot cup of cha. Tell me what you're sipping, and let's dive into the first episode of 2023. Let's welcome into our ears, into our lives, the one and only radio host, actress, filmmaker. Check out her resume is all I'm gonna say. Like 20 plus short films or feature films and something like that in a span of two years. Like Dr. Pravinder Shergill is a standing testament of if nobody gives you an opportunity, you create it yourself. And I learned so much from her in this that I was just like, after we finished the interview, I was like, did I go too hard on her in regards to some things? No, she changed my perspective on things and I agree with her. So yeah, you know, case sera, sera. I'm gonna stop rambling. Let's dive in to today's episode. Oh, and happy 2023 if I haven't said that. What's Babylon? You haven't know. How are you in the NHS and not know Babylon? What's Babylon? Or do you know GP at hand? Because GP at hand. Oh, I don't even bother. Like, firstly, I work in the hospital, so I see all my patients face to face. Like, uh, is this like a is this like a computer way of doing it or something? No. So uh, Babylon or GP at hand are even tap GP. They're basically apps where you can book appointments through phone NHS. <sighs> So convenient. As well. So you talk about digitizing. I love that staff now, don't even know about it. We work no, in it's, it. <laughs> it's actually making waves because they have like, I think like five to six clinics around like London. That's and not many though, if you think about it. No, but it's only for in person. And a lot of this stuff is like online. So when I was in Dubai, mm. I an appointment and they find That's you. so good. Yeah, so it's international as well. So Wait, like, is it, it's, it's not private, it's NHS. It's NHS, but you can get private as well. Wow. My God, we don't even know about that. You should, <laughs> well, good. I would say if you want to, lots of my, um, lots of like doctor people I know, they're going on it because. Wow, that's crazy. Well, no, it has to be, <laughs> or less, oh, anyway, but it has to be our <laughs> trust has to approve it. So, and then oh. we're allowed to do it. So every hospital, so this is a boring chat, but no, every no, hospital no. has like a different computer system. They do, So yeah. like they have to approve it and it's all like, but the higher beings, you know. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I know good, like, lots of like therapists and stuff like that. Like, mm, well. that's very and, good. Because I'm going through Bupa right now to get therapy, and they also suggested like virtually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so convenient, honestly. Babs, get on it. Get on it. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I like to start the show with a little bit of a game. It's called the five second rule, where basically in five seconds, you have to list, name, sing three things. So if I was to be like, in five seconds. Oh, it's like a test. I didn't revise. <laughs> you got it. We'll do a little test one. So in five seconds, list three things you do after getting up. Straight up. I don't even know why I'm singing onions. I don't know why because I'm panicking. It's I okay. don't even need onions. Uh toothpaste. Uh water. <laughs> well, you put your toothpaste in your water and you just drink. And I mix it with onions, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the stress <laughs> you've got this you've got this breathe <laughs> okay the whole point is like i'll try and throw you off track but you got this. yeah yeah love okay. it 
Cool. So in the podcast, Just Get a Real Job, you discussed digitizing and uh, using the NHS. And you also went to the parliament to talk about social media. You talk about youth not, I believe I'm paraphrasing this, but you also talk about in digitization of NHS that youth don't want to read a leaflet. They rather have a song and dance about it. So with that in mind, list three title tracks the NHS is now producing and your head and your directing about, let's say, any problems. Give me give me like a problem. Give me a disease that we could write three songs about. Just uh, 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 Well, I'd have to write the song, though, right? Yeah, you can write it, direct it, but I just need the title track. Oh, let's, okay. Uh, any disease. Any disease. Oh, my God. Bipolar, depression, Bipo- anxiety, schizophrenia. Okay, okay so. Dementia. Wait, wait, wait. Three title, original title tracks that are going to be about bipolar, okay? You give me the title. You know how it's like levitating. Moods like a sunshine. That's one. Go. Oh. um, Two more. Five. Low like grass. (laughs) Two. Branches on a tree. It branches on a tree, moves like a sunshine. What was the second one? I can't remember. Low like grass or something. Uh... (laughs) green light yellow <laughs> that was a good one all right yeah, this is very in sensitive. another podcast you think you know you discuss inviting doctors to a dinner table and you guarantee they will discuss poo stories so mm. with that in mind list or basically yeah no list list three ways of saying i need to go tatti but not saying i need to go tatti go i need to go for some biscuits i need to go drop the kids off uh I need to do some rabbit food. Um, <laughs> you're done, you're done. I, I need to sprinkle rainbows. <laughs> Wait, why I need to go get biscuits? They just like, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes like they could look like little, yeah, crumbs. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> I love poo stories. Yeah. I, I could I, talk about poo all day. <laughs> but apparently, I didn't realize this. Apparently, poo particles also end up going in your toothbrush. I, I, I'm sure it gets much more places than a toothbrush. So I was just like, wow. So when you're pooing, you really need to protect everything. <laughs> I, I mean, like, how are you pooing? <laughs> One might ask though. <laughs> yeah, how, how close is that toothbrush? <laughs> well, apparently through the air, the particles are like b- going places. Because you know how like with this, we're just literally like throwing things. It's not just like air. We're apparently getting rid of like, anyway, back to it. So you discuss in, your, in a lot of your interviews, um, I might be paraphrasing this, mm. but correct me if I'm wrong. You say how your dad is old fashioned and wears a turban, but mm. also was in the arts. And that's how you got influenced on in your passion for acting in, in specific poetry. Mm. So, right? yeah, my dad, my earliest memory of me and my dad is he, I've got dyslexia. So I found reading books really hard and he used to teach me. And I remember this so clearly. It's funny what you remember as a kid, I used to stand there and he would teach me poetry. Yeah. And the poem I remember learning first was Tiger, Tiger in the Night in the Forest of the Light. Yes. Like, I still remember that. And um, so he would teach me poetry. And next to his, like, if you know, my house, and it's all because my dad, which I find so funny because he's like, a real English man, but in a turban, who's Indian as well. <laughs> so the entire house is covered in Socrates, like philosophy, like uh, poetry. It's so exciting. And he, I remember growing up, he wrote a script. So my dad's a lawyer, yeah. he had a very conservative traditional household, you know, and um, had an arranged marriage. But I remember he wrote a script and it was this quirky story about a vampire. And oh. um, 
I've never seen it again, but I just remember as a little girl and he taught me how to play chess and he took me to cinema and he really installed like literature and film in me in a very young age. And I think I've realized actually that's probably where my passion came because I want to be an actor since I was three years old and it's probably all down to him. Yeah. Well, which I love because like, <laughs> if you imagine a man in a turban, you know what I mean? They're like reading Keats and poetry and Sylvia Plath. Like I, I think that's such a cool image. I think it is such a cool image. And I was going to say with that in mind and your film core, mm. which is a Punjabi film. Mm. And my, one of my favorite recent poets, who's Satinda Sartaj, I don't know mm-hmm. if you know Satinda Sartaj, he's a he's a Punjabi Sikh person, if I'm correct in saying he's Sikh, um, and he learns, he's learned Urdu, he's learned Farsi, and he's like a poet in a lot of his music. Wow. So I was going to say, list three of his songs or any Punjabi movies that you have seen. Oh God, oh God. Kush Kush Wata Hai. That's a Punjabi. Oh my God. I can't do it. Pass, pass, pass. Do you not watch Punjabi films? No, this is my dad raised me. This is what's so interesting. My dad raised me on Hollywood, not Bollywood. Yes, you talk about that, which was going to be my next one. (laughs) Wait, so you have never seen a Punjabi film? I have, but like, this is when I was a kid, but this is a thing. Like, I won't remember the titles and stuff. And because I'm dyslexic, no, 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 because this is important. Because I'm dyslexic, I always found it really hard to like keep like understanding everything was being said. Wait, so do you speak Punjabi or anything? It's very little. It's really bad. Like, I won't even expect... So I spoke... I was born only speaking Punjabi, right? Yeah. So I couldn't speak English. And then I don't know what happened around five years old. Then I started speaking, like, proper English. And then... Yeah. um, And then my parents, they don't... They don't just speak Punjabi at home. No one speaks it anymore. So, like, it's really, like, pidgin language for me at the moment. Like, pidgin See, Punjabi. I find that so interesting when I talk of, like, third-generation people. Mm. That sometimes there's... Because there's two places that I I come from a very like race background in when I like culture is everything languages and everything so Mm -hmm. I don't know what that side feels like and being in Britain Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of that and I feel like we need a conversation to be like what when you're British South Asian what does it genuinely mean yeah and this is exactly why I made call because it's like I feel like I'm not Punjabi enough but then I'm not English enough like and I don't know where I fit and I think loads of us feel like that like you don't know where you are do you know what I mean and it's that weird balance and um but it's like you are here you exist you you are Indian and you are Western so like it's that weird identity which is why I made call because it's all about identity and I find as I'm getting older and in film because it's so funny when I entered film I've never been so aware by the way that I'm a woman and I'm brown until I came in the creative industry which is so weird to me welcome yeah, yeah it's just like all every day it's like yes I know thank you so much but um but it's like and then so why I made call is because I feel like I'm also I don't know if you feel this but I feel like I want to know more about my family and yeah. you know our culture and heritage it's weird like you you actually feel more attached to where your grandparents came from and your ancestors as you get older and you want to cling on to it because you feel like you're so worried it's getting diffused and you're you're getting forgotten about um and that's where kind of core came in my head because I was really trying to embrace you know where my family come from and who we are and what we are and I'm trying to learn more as well as well as trying to figure out Am I Western? Am I Eastern? Am I both? Like I feel that. I think for me, because I'll be dishonest if I don't say that I don't judge people on that. And I think everybody judge. For me, it's 
I feel like there's a loss of culture that sometimes mm-hmm. happens. There's a, there's a book of partition that's recently came out by Kavita Puri, which discusses like legacy and how people didn't know that their grandfathers or their fathers had this sort of lineage about partition, like literally not speaking about it. And through doing some of her interviews, the third generation find about this. And now mm-hmm. they're wanting to go and explore more mm-hmm. to a point where two of the grandkids are now creating a virtual reality experience Mm -hmm. for people who cannot go back to like let's say Punjab from Pakistan side or Punjab from the Indian side Mm -hmm. and they can go and actually like visually experience it so I think that's beautiful yeah yeah, it's interesting all right so last last one which is you kind of already touched on it in regards to like representation and I love this about you and I think this is why I wanted to massively have you on because my instillment through my teachers was always if opportunity does not arrive at your doorstep create one for yourself and you have done so so much what is it 26 films like three features documentaries lord knows and I watched one of them on prime daddy blues um and I wanted to watch core because it's nowhere to be found right now. It's like there's a little festival. secret. Where is it? Does it exist? Bloody doing the festival circuits right now. Can you now. imagine that? Something we love. Imagine there is actually no film and I'm just like pretending. You know no, I mean? there is a film because I, I know, know Greywall twins are in it. Well, uh, they're involved in it. So <laughs> yeah, I know there's a film. But um, with that in mind, and you also say this, that Bend It Like Beckham was one of the films when you were growing up for a representation mm-hmm. and that you wouldn't have gone into Bollywood because like you're not, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you touched on it so yeah. with that in mind list three movies oh, since God. bending like beckham has come out either starring south asian females or either having south asian leads now there are a lot you can do this okay so obviously um Obviously, oh, I feel ah, ah, I can't do it like this, Mindy. Four, Mindy, oh my god, I can't do it. Three, I can't do it, DJ Ray. I can't. I can't. No. Matrix. Matrix has Priyanka Chopra. Uh, Baywatch also has her. Uh, uh, Di Ray obviously has Parminderagra. Uh, obviously, three, Blinded three, by the Light. Three, oh, I can't three, take it. Three, three. <laughs> this is like more stressful than medical school. I can't take it. <laughs> You haven't done... Wait, I'm assuming you went to identity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Y'all don't do improv? Yeah, but, like, I wasn't expecting this. I think it's a nice little chat, you know? No, like, bro. hey... No, this is, this is like, this is serious. Yeah, this is, well, now you can breathe. The, the things have ended. The games have ended. Whew! That adrenaline <laughs> is going to take a while to come down. <laughs> I, I mentioned it earlier that um, you have done what, like, let's just say over 20-plus films. Mm-hmm. And I am fascinated with the fact of how many. Like, I opened up your IMDb page. And I was like, Shofu, Shofu, document. I was like, <laughs> it's industry for like, let's say, ten plus years. Does that mean I <laughs> all? Like, yeah. Um, my question to you would be your process to creating so many projects. So you talk about how you created was it love love uh, the love bug love bug on a train journey and how you use your medical experience in writing Mm. films Mm. very very quickly but I'm Mm. intrigued to know how your process works like do you start from characters do you start from budgeting do you start yeah like and you not only star in them but you also produce and direct them yeah something normally pops in my head right so it's suddenly like boom like within a second and whatever pops in my head it might be literally a poster or just an idea of something and then suddenly my head just works like that 
then the entire film is formulated within a few seconds. Like it, my head just works like that. Um, and I don't know if that's because I'm a doctor, like I have to write very quickly. I have to write court reports. Like you literally don't have time. So when something you think of something, you have to get it done then and there. So I, I process films like that, right? So I think, right, I've got the idea, then I'll go and write it then and there within, sometimes it's 10 minutes. If it's a short script, I can write it then and there. And I don't like doing more than one draft. Like, cause wow. as a doctor, I don't have time to rewrite a whole report. Or it might take two days. Like two days is like my max. I won't go more than that. It annoys me. Um, and that's just how I work. So with Love Bug, I was on the tube. I remember this very clearly. And I was looking at women. And this is time when we were like, COVID was kind of like, yeah. you heard conversation. And then I thought, how hilarious. Was Such it? a good concept. Such a good I concept. I love it. It's my baby. And even though it was my first short film and it was a sketch, like it was no budget, nothing. It's actually my favorite because it's my very first baby. And um. It was literally, I was on the tube and I was like, how hilarious would it be? Like, and I have a quirky personality. I was like, imagine if I just came on a night out, I had a one night stand <laughs> with a guy, you know, and then we both get COVID and we have to isolate together. And then I'm like, I love you. And he's like, I want to get away from you because it's one night stand. I thought, and I just had that little, like little sentence in my head going as I was on the tube. And then by the end of the tube ride, 10 minutes, I wrote the script. Like yeah. in my and it's just I don't know I don't think you should overthink things and I think whatever it is about you as a person and all my films have an element of me in it um you know my first feature I I thought how interesting would it be to have an all black and Asian thriller but it not be about the color of your skin but it's just a thriller and you happen to just have an all actors of color and I thought how interesting would it be and I just I remember just thinking about it I'd read this little passage like two sentences in a book and it was about this woman who thought she had been assaulted but wasn't quite sure and and then suddenly the whole feature came in my head I was like how interesting it would it be if you have an Asian woman who's actually a perpetrator but also a victim right and then and she's trapped someone in her home that she thinks has assaulted her but she's not sure and then have mental health involved yeah I don't know it happens naturally and with core I suddenly had the poster came in my my head straight away and then from that that entire all the characters came so I think it's just organic for me and I don't try if I try to make a film and sit there and think of a brand new idea it will never be good I've done it once before I didn't make it because it's just rubbish but for me something has to spark and then the whole thing comes but how, I'm intrigued to know the logistics of it I think which is like from like writing school and so many things there's talks on like doing the three-act structure you have to do character development and especially like daddy blues is based off a book or is inspired off a book so I think like in things like that I'm intrigued to know how you write so quickly and 12 as well which you mentioned with Molly doing a couple of interviews mm. that you guys had a lot of conversations about safeguarding you had people from the NHS there you talked to the people who weren't even had lines and in the background about this mm. that for me is not instant that mm. for me that's different that project's different though. it depends on the project right so like it depends on the project so uh, Daddy Blues, I was approached, I was commissioned and they were like, we'd like to turn this book into a film. And I said, look, my conditions are it has to have a diverse cast and I need to put my own spark into it, right? As well as staying true to the book. So I read the book and I thought, right, the, well, I definitely need to use the main characters in the book, which is a man and a woman, right? And I said, I thought, and then I wanted my own flair into it. So I said, and then I invented another character, which happened to be the doctor. And I thought, I want to portray the doctor as a black man because I think it's really important, one, to show 
the lead guy talking to a man so men having that conversation but also that ethnicity on the screen I thought was really important and not to typecast so it's different it depends um 12 was different because I was approached uh with that script and I said right I I need to work at it and I need to think about this because this is a mental health script and I don't want it to fall into the the issue of fantasizing and making mental health dangerous when it's not I want to normalize it and have the day-to-day nuances so with that I gave my personal opinion as a doctor and then we worked at it until I was happy and all the subtle nuances and all the signs and symptoms that that I I see in patients so that's different but with love bug it came automatically call came straight away the link which is a thriller came straight away but if it also depends if I know I'm going to make it, I think about then once I've got the idea, I think about the budget straight away before I write it. And I think, right, am I going to make this just for my friends? So there's no budget and we can just have fun. So Love Bug was like that. So I was like, okay, I've got my flat. We'll film it in the flat. Easy peasy. The thriller, because that was my first feature. It was the same thing. I was like, I'm going to put all my friends in it, all my friends in the crew. And um, whose house do I have that we can make this? And I remembered someone's house. And so I tailored the script to fit in his house right um 12 is different obviously uh because for that particular one it was set in the present time in a room so we just had to find a room daddy blues um again before I started writing it and it didn't take me long I thought what locations do I have because it was a really small budget um and I thought right I've got this location for free that one for free I'm going to tailor the script for those locations um Core was different. Core was like, right, no, I'm not going to worry about finances. I'm going to get the money. So let me write it how I want to write it. And then we sort it out later. So it really depends on the project. Um, Yeah. So now I'm not making anything that I know I've got free access to because now I'm moving on to bigger platforms. So now I'm not going to worry about finances and budgets. I'm just going to write the script for what I think it needs and then deal with it may I ask a question which you can say no to it and like deter away which is Mm -hmm. I am always fascinated with production and finance Mm -hmm. knowing like how grants work and Mm -hmm. the the amount of sometimes the if you're a creative person and you have a vision I come from that aspect and then Mm -hmm. doing grant work and application work to be able to get money or do kickstarters Mm -hmm. or GoFundMe when you don't have the the means to Mm -hmm. finances Mm -hmm. If, is it too rude to ask how you finance some of the no, films? It's not rude. How, no, I, so I've never. Yeah. Or what? And and my question, which was in specifically going to be, was mm. if somebody is going on the same path as you mm. or wants to produce things, what are three like let's say tokens that you would give them that you wish you would have been given by somebody? So whether it was like yeah. how to get BBC involved, how to get yeah. Prime to do yeah. Daddy's and all those yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, I've had to learn this on my own and I wish people gave me advice. I'm always happy to share it. So I think, but again, don't, what I say is not Bible. Do you know what I mean? So with, I would say my first advice is collaborate. I am a big collaborator. I don't have an ego about it. Um, I love working with people all the time. I think, why would you not? You can't do things alone as a creative. So um, that's what I did for the first year and a half. Because um, professionally, I've only really professionally, if I look at it, been doing this for three years, right? So for the first year and a half, I collaborated. I wrote a play. I said to my friend, do you want to be in it? She was like, yep. I was like, right, let's just do it. That was it. And then we got the ticket sales for the play. And that covered the cost of renting the thing. So I don't need to worry about that. Love bug, again, it was nothing. I didn't, it didn't cost anything. I said to my friends, you free this day, let's film it. You've got a camera or you've got sound or you've got this. We've got my flat. I'll cook, 
done donezo i don't i don't get stressed about it um and for me it's fun i think you have to find the fun in this you can't always think right this project i've got to get it to this platform it's got to go to netflix you can't think like that make it for the fun of making it that's why you're creative i think we get so bogged down thinking i've got to get this and this you are creative because you love the the process of it um my first feature exactly the same I was like right I have no money let's just get friends I got friends and then we needed a bit of money and all I did I don't think it was anything special I literally just messaged loads of people and I put a post out I was like does anyone want to give me a little bit of money and you come on board as a producer with me and you'll be on set to that it's like and I didn't need lots of money it was just a couple of hundred just to cover people's like bits and bobs Another film I collaborated with someone, we crowdfunded. I've only ever crowdfunded one film. I don't like that process of it. I, I It makes me, I don't like that process. Yeah. But anyway, we did that for that. <laughs> the other feature, like I said, someone commissioned me. They asked me to make it. It was a very small budget. I never take a fee on these projects. Like I just do it for what needs to be rented or whatever. Um, and then last year, coming to the other side of the year and a half, I wanted to move on to more professional stuff. That one with 12 um we were like right like we need a budget for this because we had BAFTA crew and we had named actors and stuff and then um we just did the slog and there's no I don't know if there's an easy equation all I did was literally I emailed every organization I could think of that was connected with a script like eating disorder and I said do you want to help us fund and we just kept doing that until someone said yes and that was it um and I don't know if there's another solution for that um with core it was exactly the same process um and we had people that wanted to give me the money, but they wanted to take the control. And I said, no, mm. this is my film. Creatively, I've got to keep my control. And then I kept going until I found someone that said, yeah. So I didn't do any, spe I've never done a grant. I've never done an application form. I don't have time for that in life. Like, no offense. <laughs> I work in the NHS. Like, you know what I mean? I think an email is really easy. You literally yeah. just ping an email, ping, 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 ping. I can do like 10 in an hour. It's not hard application form who's got time to write it like three hour application form I don't listen <laughs> and uh, do you know my biggest thing is you will always find someone yeah someone will want to collaborate with you someone will be there and ask I I'm I'm working at NHS I ask for help all the time at work so I do it in film like don't have an ego about it ask someone hey mate you've got a camera can you come on and do it for free like just ask people um I don't know why people don't do that and um just honestly reach out I always help people you know if I, I can I will always do it but you know what it is like as you're saying this I'm self-reflecting because I think in a conversation sometimes to bring points you self-reflect and I was even listening to this in your podcast where you were um which kind of triggered me and I was like no it is life or death you were like oh, I know what you're talking about you yeah. were like creative it, it like if I make a film and if it doesn't do good it's not like I'm work for the NHS like I I have yeah. real life and I was like it is life or death <laughs> it, it is like so much a part of me and I, I was like if if like I it, it, let's say I get a free videographer and then the quality of the work isn't good or like I can't edit it but to a mm. point where I'm sure you yeah. would see this like with the audio or I wanted to yeah. shoot that specific angle yeah. like, you've got to let it go daddy blues right I cringe yeah. at it all the time because the edit's not good the sound is awful but then I think you know what hey I did it right people can criticize and complain and you can be perfectionist I know yeah. we are but like 
move on you develop and you develop it's hard (laughs) it's really hard and then as you're saying the email thing there's a lot of rejection that comes your way and I'm just like bloody hell my oh my do we deal with uh like stupid things that you're right if you put it into perspective put it in perspective you know what I mean this is the thing I get I get it as well I get it as a creative it is like your soul you know it's like your diary people are like all over it but then I step back and I think what is really important is your health yeah. Your food on the table. And I I am simplifying it, but I do then step back in my NHS world and I think, my God, these are real life problems. If it is really a problem that my edit's a bit bad on a film, God, life's good. You know what but I mean? May I interject in saying that, which you can challenge me on, which was going to be the next point that you have the NHS, right? So you have a different perspective for some people. And you also talk about how during COVID, you were going to take some time out to just focus on the arts, but there was something within you that said, no, give it more time. And then your contract extended. If I always feel like this, when people like lawyers who become full-time choreographers or dancers or like mm-hmm. actors and things like that, that have had a, I don't know, I, I don't want to use, and I don't want to deteriorate from the hustle or people's mm-hmm. journey. But sometimes when people have had that path and then they come into the creative industry, mm-hmm. it's almost maybe I'm bitter maybe I am I'll admit to it but then there's almost like you haven't had to like literally grovel sometimes as a freelancer I disagree so I've wanted to be an actor you have to remember it's not that I went into medicine first I've wanted to be an actor since I was three so I have worked towards this since I was three years old I've had to become a doctor I've had to get degrees in order for men in the room to take me as a woman a brown woman seriously otherwise I I wouldn't have any money no but I see what you're saying and I'm not disagreeing with it I get it for me it's very weird I grovel all the time as a creative okay but the thing is and I agree with what you're saying because I have another job and it whatever 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 it is if it was in a restaurant if it was in a lawyer's assistant whatever it is you need some sort of stability and you need to whatever it is for you as a person okay but you need to objectively step back and for me don't you think I feel weird as a doctor? I run A&E and I have to grovel to get a film fund. Yeah, I'm running A&E and saving lives. Of course, that's really weird for me. But I get it. I have to start from scratch. Like for me, it's really weird. I've had to start as a runner. I've had to start as this. And I'm still doing a lot of stuff for free. Um, but unfortunately, and it shouldn't be the case, that is what happens as a creative because our work depends that. on other people seeing it. And it's so awful. hateful. It needs to change. It needs to change. And I. this is why I wish, you know, if look, I really want one day when I make it, I want to incorporate like HR, safeguarding. I want things there for people, easy access, because it shouldn't feel like a weird mystery world that you have to know someone to get in. And you know what I mean? There should be like, it should be clear path, just like any other job. Um, and it's not, and it's really difficult and it feels like this weird fog and you're trying to find your way like yeah. it's it's a weird thing three things this industry could do with and without could do with hr could do with safeguarding could do without um rejection <laughs> you have to do three things oh of each, things of each. Um, could do with legal hours for crew um could do without uh attitude could do without um rivalry against creatives i i feel like that happens in global majority because we can't say poc anymore we can't say blame anymore 
Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, we have to use that. Um, my question, which was going to be when you're writing and when you're producing and when you're directing, uh, I am now facing this. How do you balance your unconscious conscious bias to tell a story? Or mm. do you feel like it needs to be delivered from a specific point of view because other point of views exist? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Again, it depends on the project. So if I take call out of it, call is very different, right? Um. I I have my vision and I have exactly what you need and I will shoot that. So if I'm directing, I will get all of that in. But then I always open the floor to every scene. I say, does anyone else have another way you would like to try it? And I let people do that because I think it's about fun. You need to not be like, it's what you say. And I have done that. So, and we've like improvised on the day and I say, okay, I want to get my shot, but let's also try what you want to try and let's see what works in the edit. Um, Because it's a collaboration. I always think that. So again, it depends on the project. Core was very different um, because from the get-go, we involved the community, right? So we went to researchers to make sure, because this was a very different film um, and we knew we had a responsibility. It's not just a filmmaking project. It was also like we're representing South Asians and the history, et cetera. Um, and we had 75 like South Asians on this project. Like that's how much we incorporated the community in it from athletes to creatives, to singers, to like the Grail Twins, as you said, like to the parliament. Like we, we really got everyone's voice because we wanted this film to be all of our film so we want people to go away and be like this is us um so that was very different um yeah I don't know if that helps but it, it depends but I'm very like I always listen to people and I think because I work in mental health it's ingrained in me so I'll I'll do what I need to do obviously um but then I will always ask people like for their opinion as well what's your favorite part of the job and the most challenging which job <laughs> Both. Let's do both. My favorite part of the NHS job is actually bringing the creativity to it. Um, I love that for the patients. I've had a patient. I did a film. Actually, it was such a beautiful thing. I did a film for the patients where they were the cast and the crew. Oh, yes, were the staff. I heard about it. Yeah, yeah. And no one's seen it. It stays in the trust, obviously. And um, one of the patients, and I have to say, this meant the world to me. She said, "This has been the best day of my life in hospital." And she's been there for twenty years. And that that mon- no money can put anything on that. Yeah. Um, that's the best. The worst is the reality of the job it's hard I've been assaulted by a patient I do 36 hours it's it's a hard job um it it puts a lot on your body and your mental health creatively um hardest thing yeah is a rejection it really tests your mental health and it really tests you as a person and your moral and ethics um which surprises me all the time and the best part is nothing ever fulfills that void of that excitement when you're making a project Mm. Can I ask you a question, which I don't know why I always do this. I am asking you a question. Yeah. How, um, I'm intrigued to know, how do you safeguard yourself from experiences? So yeah. whether that is in the NHS, whether that is in creative experiences, how do you safeguard yourself? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. So I think because I come in with a doctor hat in the industry, I see things very objectively as I would as a doctor. So if I see a red flag, I remove myself. There was a feature film I was part of and I knew this was going to be an issue with the director for whatever reason I won't go into. And I removed myself straight away. And I thought, you know what, this might help my career loads, but at what cost? I'm not doing it. And I removed myself. And I don't, I'm a very sensitive person. Like I will cry. I'm proper desi, right? But I 
will not be afraid to say no and I'm not doing that and I'm not comfortable and I will say that I might be crying <laughs> when I'm doing it but I will remove myself because nothing is worth that in life um so I think again that is because I'm a doctor and I'm so grateful because I don't think I would have had those skills that resilience to speak up and actually keep myself safe and others as well um something I do on my own sets is before we shoot I get everyone together cast and crew especially the crew and I say your well-being comes first right so if we need to stop shooting that comes first the project comes second so we that's all come first such a, that's such a theater thing because in theater you are an entire company but they don't do it in film in films because there's so many hats I and I was gonna we'll touch on theater in a bit but yeah you're right yeah so I just I think yeah I, I like to that's very true what you said with theaters I, I bring that in but that's how it should be do you know what I mean you're a family you're a professional family and um you need to protect each other so I don't yeah I just yeah I'm very good like that and also again it's the skills I've learned working in mental health I know when I need to ask for help I know when I need to time out I know when I need to just like not do anything um so, so I'm very aware of myself and I'm I, I and it's because I've been tested to the limit in the NHS physically and mentally so I know when it's like bleep I need to take a second and I'll be back mm. yeah where does this confidence come to because I'm, I'm intrigued to know since you said that as a child you were very shy growing up I am shy I'm still shy but like for me I I think there's something in regards to you talked about this story how you wouldn't be afraid to ask for somebody's badge number if yeah. they are out of line and you'll report it which yeah. I I think there's there's a lot of like you even said that you'll walk away from a project whereas lots of people will be like oh my god I'm cancelled forever like recently I got offered something and then I was like oh but it messes with this and my agent was like well you know this is a big production company if you if you say no that that might be it but this is my point this 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 kind of lingo is not but that comes from confidence and that's what I'm asking. I don't know it's not you confidence so? honestly I appreciate you saying that because that, that makes me happy I'm, I'm a very shy person but being shy doesn't mean if you see something wrong you won't say that's wrong yeah. um and like and again at work I'm shy but if I see something dangerous I have to speak up it's my job right and I can't do not say anything um it's a safeguarding so I do it in film and again if an agent said that to me I said look can you just take a second what's really <laughs> important in life is not actually this production yes that is what we love but actually what's important is your sanity is your health is your family your food etc etc um and I again it, you need to just and I'm not saying it to you I'm saying we all need to remind ourselves the bigger picture the bigger picture is not getting this deal or whatever it's actually you got to, it's life. It's, you know, on your deathbed. And I always get gruesome because I'm a doctor, but um, you're going to look back and think about the people around you, around you that day, your partner, your kids, your family. You're not going to think about the projects. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying that I don't love creativity. I love it. It's my soulmate. But um, yeah, you've got to take a step back and be objective. Nothing is worth you sacrificing yourself for in that way. Okay, quick answers. Damn it, these are difficult questions to ask in Twitter. Education versus practice. My um, my personal preference is for creative industry. Now that you've done like identity and you have a bit more experience, I personally felt like I didn't need to go uni to be an actor. It's um, a personal choice. Yeah, it's a personal choice, and I think everybody makes different things. But I know that you're an education junkie might I just say that <laughs> if yeah. I'm incorrect you can be yeah. like no but that 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 systemically because of something else because my mom wasn't allowed to have an education so it's been installed uh, into me to have it so that's a different reason but I, I whatever is easy for people whatever suits you suits you but for me it's because 
my mum was taken away from it. So that's why it's important to me. Do you think you would have entered and done stuff? Because I know you did theatre work, but was that same time around identity or was that after? And would you have continued to do what you're doing if identity didn't happen? Um, no, I did theatre before, um, but I was intrigued by film and then COVID hit. And then I was like, well, I'm a COVID supervisor naturally as a doctor. Let me just test this out. Um, no, I love both. They're both very different. Um, but film, I find for me and I work on challenge. I need a challenge in life. I'm someone that I need that. Um, I find film more of a challenge than theatre. So for me, I feel like until I've conquered what I want to conquer, um, I find it more intriguing. Got it. I'm going to ask you two more questions, which is you talk about mental health and being such an advocate and I love your passion for it. I still deal with it. And I think in marginalized communities and especially in South Asian communities, I find mental health to be a very weird conversation to have around people, especially generations from before. And I don't understand which you talk about in a lot of your interviews that we go to the gym and we see results of that and we work on our physicalness when we need jobs we go like let's say to a job center if we can't do anything we work on our cvs i don't understand this this taboo of literally talking about trauma because i feel like we have a lot of trauma within us and having an open dialogue and rather than discussing why i wanted to ask from your experience of being the secret psychic not psychic, sorry. My a secret psychiatrist. Yes. Also yeah. being a secret psychic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, what three things would you say to somebody if they wanted to open up a dialogue mm. or three methods for you to use to open that? Firstly, yeah, well done. I think it's really brave for anyone to do that. Um, I would say open up somewhere you feel safe. Yeah. So whether that's you're just saying it out loud to yourself, a planner or a friend, whatever it is, you feel comfortable for you. Yeah. In that place. One, two, don't. Oh, God, this is a really in-depth answer, actually. Uh, this is you really had good... more than an hour. <laughs> oh, God, you need 10 days with me. Um, Don't be afraid of what might come out as a consequence. And what I mean is like it will take time. You might cry. You might whatever. It might bring up other things or whatever. Um, and I think thirdly, allow it, allow the journey of that opening up and what it might do for your future and what it will do as you as a person. Oh, no, I've got so many. Also, just like, remember, it's part of you, you know, mental health, like your arms, your yeah. your soul and your brain is part of you. So embrace it. Be a friend with it. Yeah. Okay. Quickly, another question is, I always think this, and it'll be intrigued to get your like medical experience in this. I think what makes a confident person or a person who's like convicted in this is their grit, their their mm. faith, their conviction in who they are, mm. Spir- some sort of spiritualness. So whether that is religion, whether that's a spiritual alignment that they have. And the third is support. So that can be financial support, mental support, family support, friend support. For me, those are the three pillars that really like kind of make a person boom in their life. Because mm. I think those are the fundamentals. And that's just my personal opinion, which mm, I think can be love it. If you feel like you didn't have the support of your family, from which I understand you mm. did, mm. and your friends who wouldn't have given you time for your films, you didn't have a lot of success, your spirituality was out of alignment, all of those things, mm. would you still continue to do what you're doing today and be the person that you are? Would you Ooh. have that? 
Um, that's such a wicked question. I love these hypothetical ones. Um, I think I would still be who I am if I had my mom. She's the one. I got bullied a lot growing up, and Anna's a doctor as well. And it's yeah, not fuck that teacher. Who? What was that teacher about? The I don't. I'm not even going to say a name. She doesn't deserve it, but I know who she is. God, I can't wait to go back to that school. Honestly, yeah, fuck mm. that teacher. God, I'm gonna. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Um. Yeah. I think if I had, if my mom, like, if I had my mom. Yeah. 100% I still be the same because she's she is my person she comes in all my film sets she's still like roots for me yeah, I wouldn't be anywhere without her. her if you didn't have a support no, I don't I know I don't think I would be I actually don't know I don't know if it was this time and place right now yeah who I am right now I like to believe I would still be the way I am and I'd still fight for the justice that I feel we deserve as a community and as a woman and advocacy I think if it was back then for sure no for Got sure it. no Peaks and valleys is a question I ask everybody. A peak is a, a high point of your personal and professional life. What was it? What lesson you learned from it? A valley is a low point of your personal or professional life. What was it? What lesson you learned from it? If you yeah. feel like it, you don't want to say the specificity, you can just be like, in 2016, I did this and it taught me this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, a peak genuinely was um getting my a-levels because my dyslexia was so bad I couldn't I didn't know the ABC until I was like eight I couldn't read the clock until I was 11 I was told I was not going to achieve anything um so just achieving my a-levels and I did four um that was a big thing because it automatically meant I'm going to medical school and that for me was a personal thing that was a big peak for me um I still remember that day um trough I yeah being bullied it, yeah it really really knocks me and um has stayed with me I think yeah do you feel like it's taught you anything like a valuable lesson or that 100 percent. Just... I've been bullied at different stages and um you always learn something but what I've learned is I will never change I will still be very open and kind and um, empathic uh, empathic and I think when you are like that you're much more um I don't want to say sensitive but you're much more I think it affects you deeply and psychologically a bit more actually um and but I will never change so I'm glad those lessons have happened because it's realigned me to remember to be with the people that want the best for me and it might only be a couple of people in my life like um and that's okay you know um you don't need many people if you were to look in the mirror right now like after this conversation before this like my hair yeah and your point is <laughs> off what words of, what words of wisdom would you give to your mirror self today I'd say Keep doing what you're doing and keep being kind to other people. Mm. Okay, I do have to ask you this one question because for me, I wanted to either challenge you or understand a little bit more. So I might give you like two, three minutes on this because it's 47. Mm. But I I myself, sometimes I'm a victim of this and I don't want to become a victim of the narrative. You spoke um, in a lot of your interviews about bending like Beckham and wanting to see more representation. But mm. I don't know if it's my wantingness to search for these things mm. because I was just looking through my like Netflix and all of these things. And I was just writing like Amy Trigg, who has spina bifida, who mm. is like right now doing a show at the Kiln Theatre and does work with BBC we have made in heaven we have four shots we have Ryan O'Connell who wrote special who uh, talks about cerebral palsy there's the good doctor which talks about autism mm. and they do it in such beautiful way where they're including the people mm. and I I sometimes battle with the fact that I don't want to be like, oh, I don't see enough queer people on TV or mm. uh, majority because there are things like in the Eternals, there's a gay superhero and then there's this Miss Marvel. So there is representation, but then I'm like, it's not enough. Mm. But you also continuously say that 
there hasn't been a lot of is it South Asian female leads since Benedict like Beckham? I can't like, name one film. Genuinely, name one film that has gone in the cinema. Pride and Prejudice. Uh, no, I mean BAFTA Oscar. Yeah, name one film with a female brown woman what, lead so- role. That is Hollywood. Name one. The Frida, Frida Pinto does a lot. Pri- Priyanka Chopra does a lot. She's no, 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 no. I'm on no, no. Priyanka Chopra. Okay, that's different. She's come from Bollywood. I'm talking about like she's come over now. Fine. She was in Baywatch. She was a supporting actress in it. She was um been in the Matrix. Like I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. But I'm saying the fact that we can only think wait one or two or three less than five. Yeah, that's not normal. And I'm sorry, like, you know, if we think about I'm also as a woman and I I can't talk as a man. I'm so tired. You can't? I can't do everything in life. Okay, I have some imperfections, (laughs) but um, I'm so tired of the lead roles always being given to a man. Like, I'm so tired. I want to see a female brown assassin. I want to see a serial killer who's a brown woman. I want to see a superhero that's a woman that looks like me. Yeah, Miss Marvel. Bloody brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. But the fact is one. Like, I'm tired of it always being one in genre. That is it. Like, this is nonsense to me. Bend it like Beckham. And I keep going back to it because that's the only thing I can relate to as well. Because not only is it the umbrella of South Asian you're then subdivided into all these categories of Hindu, Muslim, you know what, Sikh. It doesn't need to be like that. It's like if you're paying a priest in a film, that doesn't mean you're actually a Catholic priest in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. And um, I get so passionate about this because if you're going to force me, not you, but if Hollywood's going to yeah. force me into a box, then give me more boxes or I'll make them myself. So I will keep going on about this until... I don't have to talk about this until I can read a script and it doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, ethnicity, disability, LGBT, mental health, whatever. Like it's just for the actor that is who is right for it, not about all these other things. So I will continue to voice about this and continue to make work until I come into work, just like in the NHS. It doesn't matter if my woman and brown is who is you're, you're qualified. And until the industry does that, I will keep fighting for it. And we shouldn't have to scrimp and think about films. It should be like listing like that. Do you that. think we'll ever get there in yeah. the next, let's say, 10 years? I don't know about 10 years. I do think the next 50 years, Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you now, it's going to be completely different. Okay. We feel the bubble changes now. And we've already seen change now, right? Bennett Blackman was 20 years ago. Like from then to now, the last few years, we've seen something. I think the next 50 years, I think will be really promising. Fabulous. Then we'll have this in the next 50 years. <laughs> Replay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick games and then you're done. Um, this is the section called... Child, play with right. Go to the game section. There's gonna be these three... aren't games. These are stress. <laughs> you got this. You got this. These need to be rapid, rapid, rapid. <laughs> um, if you were a movie, what would the title of that movie be? Original. Go. First thing that came into your head. Pavinder's Nightmare. What's What's the title song of that film? First thing that came into your head. Yummy lick. <laughs> who stars in this? Give me three people who star in Pavinder, it. Pavinder, Pavinder, Pavinder. I'll play everything. <laughs> What is the storyline? What's the IMDb storyline? Go. Pavinder becomes a serial killer, then becomes a princess. Oh, next project coming out. Yeah. Um, if you were a drink, what would you be? 
milk. <laughs> normal cow's milk. Just normal semi-skimmed semi milk. Nothing <laughs> fancy, straight from Tesco. <laughs> if you were club car, club car Paris or no? I'm not even that fancy. <laughs> Do you know how the Tesco people have done that? <laughs> no, you know what? I'd be a little, little milk. <laughs> <laughs> you can be, te- you can be M&S. It's fine. <laughs> um, if you were a food, what cuisine would you be? Oh, I'd be a dessert. A dessert. Okay, what dessert would you be? It'd be like a quirky one, like pomegranate and like some crumble with ice cream or something random. Ooh, treat yourself to that today. Go to a Turkish restaurant and treat yourself to that today. <laughs> um, if you were a fruit, what would you be? It, the... uh, lime. If you were, why did I have to think if lime's a fruit? <laughs> is lime a fruit? Yeah, now you've got me thinking. <laughs> it is. Because uh, it's not veggie, right? No, can you if imagine? Was... I'm just eating my limes with my like potato. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a color, what would you be? Uh, mustard yellow. If you meat mustard, high five me. Yes, I will show you. Literally, my hats and my clothes right now. Clothing item. If you were a clothing item, what would you be? A big woolly jumper. If you were a flower or a plant, what would you be? Sunflower. Okay, the next section is called Have You Ever? Have you ever hooked up with a fellow artiste or a fan? I don't hook up. Uh, Mum's going to watch the show, okay? Just blink, <laughs> blink once. I won't put this. I'm just going to blink like a 10 billion times. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever flirted or used your joie de vivre to get ahead? I mean, one, no, no. Not like ahead. I no, 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 no. I mean, no, no one would, I don't, no one would, I often say, have you ever tried to flirt? Like, I've tried, it's not good. No, I've never done that. I'm too, I'm too, like, stubborn because I'm so, like, justice, justice. Like, no. Okay, have you ever peed while swimming? Man, I pee standing up in my clothes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> have you ever forgotten words because you did theatre and made it up on the spot? Oh, yeah. Okay. Have you ever eaten when you drop something on the floor or just put it in the bin within a couple 100% of... 100% do it every day. <laughs> what would you rather, be rich or famous? Oh, um, famous for something worthwhile. Critical acclaim or win tons of awards? Critically acclaimed. Netflix or Bram? <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> Fairy tales or realistic stories, like naturalistic stories? Oh, fairy tale. I've never done it. World peace or equality? Equality. Because it leads to world peace. Dogs or cats? Cats. Um, film or theater? Film. All right. The next section is called Bitch Don't. Everybody loves a rant. I love you, it. You get 30 seconds to rant about anything that you want in life. I'm going to put a 30 second timer and that's yeah. that. Have you got I want, I want like free ice cream every wait, single wait, day. Wait, the oh. wait, it hasn't started. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you get 30 seconds to rant about anything, but make sure that you say bitch don't at the start or at the end. Oh, I love it. All right. When you're ready in four, you're ready in five, four, three, two, go. Bitch, don't end this podcast with me. Bitch, keep it going. Don't end it. I didn't even need the 24 seconds. Just, no, you, just keep saying just say it. Say something about other people. Um, something about, I don't bitch, know. Bitch, Jane, uh, I want to bring back all the like proper 90s music. You know, yes. I grew up with, like Spice Girls. Like, why can this concert not happen? Like, bitch, push Spice, get back. <laughs> Come back to me. <laughs> Two become one, okay? Yes. I think she said she'll be up for it. If oh, it was like an ABBA experience. Have you oh seen the God. ABBA experience? No. Is it good? It is the best shit ever. Oh my god. 
I might be saying. Go see it. Literally treat yourself. I just feel like it's just like it's not the way it was back in the day. You know what no, I mean? Michael but... Jackson, Madonna, like Britney Spears. Like I remember all these. Like, do you remember growing up with all this? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not like and that. And sync. It's not the same anymore. It's not the same. It's not the same. Well, pal, thank you so much. That was that really fun. Thank yeah. you. Well, everyone, that brings us to an end, and I hope you enjoyed that. I want to say a massive thank you to the guest for their time. All of the information about the guest, myself, and the show will be listed in the bio. Make sure to follow, share, comment, and subscribe. Show us all some love, because isn't that what we want at the end of the day? Some love. Your support really helps the show and the message of it grow, and the people that are on here. Thank you again, and as I always say, breathe in, breathe out. I must go, which means now I must go. I own that that is copyrighted and I will sue. <laughs> Joking. Have a great one and stay curious. Till next time.